Go ahead and grab a seat. Now, tell me this. When you guys hear that, that song that we just sang, does anyone else hear the guitar part in their head? Right? Like, my mind puts it there, even without it being there. Anyway. Um, some of you guys are wondering, and everyone's been asking and tweeting me all day, saying, Pastor Rod, I thought you were going to win the championship for K1. And the reason why I did not is because I was conveniently left off the competition roster. So I know that there's collusion in here somewhere. You guys, like the Russians, have got all up in my as Andrew, got all up in my business and made it impossible for me to win. But <laughs> next time, next time. Well, hey, I got a great surprise for all of you today. And you've already heard his name mentioned several times. He is one of our newest pastors on staff. He still has a new pastor smell. He is fun. He's exciting. There's a lot of things about him that you would not expect to be true. But in the sermon, you're going to find out some things about him that I don't want to spoil for you. But let me tell you this. This is not part of the sermon. And I, I, this, I need you guys in advance to show him grace. Because even though he's a pastor, he likes cats. And I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And I want you to know that I've been praying for him and fasting on his behalf, that God would not hold that sin against him, but instead would still use him to bless us this morning. So without further ado, please welcome the latest addition to the Compass Pastor Staff, Pastor Hayden. Hey guys, what is up? Okay, I wasn't going to start this way, but it, it just some things have to happen, and uh, I have to clarify my name for cats, okay? Um, I've had thousands of animals throughout my whole life. You'll hear a little bit about that in a little bit. Um, my grandmother had like 30 cats. She was indeed the old cat lady, okay? Um, and I, so I, here's, here is my clarification. I've had tons of dogs. Dogs are great. Dogs are needy. Am I right? Dogs want a lot of attention. They, they take out a lot of me. I'm a pastor, okay? So, like, people want my attention, okay? So the last thing that I want to do is, is be all day, you know, ministering to people, leading people, shepherding people, and then go home, and my dog wants me to shepherd him. I'm like, that's the last thing I need. Okay? That's the last thing I need is my, my dog to keep wanting my attention. But my cat, my, if, if I have a cat, I, I work all day, I go home, I open the door, the cat's sitting right on top of the couch. It looks at me, it goes, sup? All right. And then it goes back to sleep. That is my kind of animal. You know, it's like, I, I, you don't need me. I don't need you, but we respect each other. We like each other, but we don't need each other. You know, that's, that is why I like cats. Okay. Can we, can we, yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. All right. All right. There we go. Back to the word of God. Okay. Uh, so, um, well, I would be remiss. That's a good word. Write that down and put it in one of your English papers. Your teacher will give you an A. I'll be remiss to not mention my fiance in the back. Kayla, can you wave? Everybody look backwards. That's my fiance. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, she is visiting here uh, this week from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, do you know where that is? Most people don't. We. I talked to a lady the other day and... Uh, I said, yeah, my fiance is from Kansas City, Missouri. And she's like, is that by Mississippi? And I'm like, no, 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 the, the Gulf is by Mississippi, okay? Uh, anyway, uh, the, she is from Kansas City, Missouri. She's here visiting this week. She'll be here until Wednesday, and then she's flying back to Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, she graduates college on May 4th. Go Kayla, all right? Yeah, and then, yeah, you can clap for that. But even more important, we're getting married on May 19th. Yeah, woo, yes. My mother is so proud of me, okay, <laughs> right? 
Amen. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. But she was here and t- this morning and last night, uh, we were introduced at the main service on stage. And Pastor Mike got to introduce us. I've been here for three weeks, but I don't get introduced until my fiance is here. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm <laughs> like, anyway, um, Pastor Mike was introducing us and he used the same scripture that we're going to listen to today and that I'm going to preach to you about, which it's a real big deal because that just means you can listen because what I'm about to tell you is something the whole church hears on a regular basis. This isn't some obscure passage that you're going to hear today and you'll never hear it again. So this this uh, scripture is going to be very applicable to our lives, uh, to this church. So if you love this church, you're going to love this scripture. Okay, and, and uh, as Pastor Mike was introducing me, he said, you know, this is one of our pastors, okay, and we, we love our pastors here, which I know you guys love your pastors here because I can already feel it. Uh, and he said, Hebrews 13 is all about letting your pastors and your leaders who speak the word of God to you do their job with joy instead of, uh, uh, instead of treating them in ways that make them not enjoy their job. And that's, so many churches do that. And so we're going we're gonna to talk today in our boss series about how, oh, how we treat our leaders who speak the word of God and why we do it. And it's not going to be boring, I promise. So let's, uh, let's get started. I want to start, start out with a rhetorical question, and, and it's this. Who do you want to be like when you grow up? That's not a question you get asked a lot in high school. But as a kid, I was asked this question a lot, as probably were you. And you have to think, who did you want to be like when you grew up? And so on my excursion to prepare this, this message, I went and asked some people that I know. I said, you know what? When you were in high school, who did you want to be like? And uh, as a good future husband, the first person I asked was my fiance, right? Because rule number one, go to her first, all right? And I asked her, I said, Kayla, when you were in high school, who did you most want to be like? And she said, Sadie Robertson. And I said, huh, okay, does, does anybody still know who that is? Is that, is that a thing? Is she still like going, doing her thing, her duck thing, all right? She's like the only one in the family without a beard. <laughs> I respect that, okay, a woman without a beard, all right? <laughs> all right. And so she said, Sadie Robertson. And I said, okay, I, that, that's, I think that, that's noble, that's, that's valuable. I asked my dad, my dad, okay, I, I called my dad. I said, dad, when you were in high school, who'd you want to be like? No hesitation, Rambo. And I said... <laughs> I said, respect, all right? I want to be Rambo. And you'd laugh hard if you knew my dad because he's nothing like Rambo, okay? He's like Mr. Rogers with a belly, okay? Like, <laughs> I asked my friend Michael, and he said, The Rock. I said, all right, good looking, buff, you know, used to wrestle. I, I loved wrestling when I was a kid, so I'm like, I can respect that. Uh, my friend named Chris said, LeBron James. I was like, no. I was like, he didn't even make the playoffs. I'm like, I'm like, 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 like how do you want to be like somebody who didn't make the playoffs? Hey, like, they're like, I, I, I saw a post that said, the Lakers since inception have like made the playoffs 96 point something percent of the time. And like in the last like three or four years, it's been like zero. Okay. So I'm like, like you've literally like missed the playoffs the entire time they've been around just in three years. So it's like, Oh, I don't want to be like LeBron James. Okay. But then I asked myself, I said, Hayden, dig deep. Who did you want to be like when you were in high school? And I said, Tim Tebow, okay, like, who, you guys, I don't know how, yeah, y'all probably, you're probably too, a little young to, like, be, like, really in my spot at, when Tim Tebow was big, but I'm thinking, like, Tim Tebow, like, dude wins national championships, he's a Heisman trophy winner, gets, gets, goes to the NFL, he got robbed in the NFL, but that's another story, okay, and, like, I'm just sitting here, like, this man loves Jesus, like, he got so much flack because he loved Jesus, the dude said nothing bad about anybody in his whole life, and I'm like, this is the man that I want to be like, so much so that my, my names on social media, like my whole name, I put Tebow as my middle name. So my name was Hayden Tebow Thomas, okay? It flows, okay? And I kept that name for so long that when I went to college, everyone thought my middle name was T 
Febo. And so I just kept it going. They're like, Febo. And I'm like, that's me. Okay. But <laughs> like, that's me. And even so much. So my senior year, I played quarterback. Like, and I'm like, yes. And guess what number I was? 15, Tim Tebow, okay, so like, it was so good, even one game I threw the ball, I threw a touchdown left-handed, like Tim Tebow, and I'm like, I culm- my whole life culminated at that one play, I said, I am Tim Tebow, all right, <laughs> I scored, and I like, did the one knee thing, and I'm like, I just don't want to be Tim Tebow, uh, but, and I think, why did I want to be like Tim Tebow? Because of the way that he lived his life, because of not just, not just what he said, not just how well he played sports, but, but who he was, the things that he did, he didn't just say uh, he didn't say one thing and live differently. He lived what he said and he said what he lived. And that's why I wanted to be like him. Like, even if he wasn't some outstanding athlete, I still want to be like him because he was a great leader who spoke the word of God. And so with that, when we talk about who we want to follow, the people that we want to look up to, we need to see how they live their lives, their habits, the things that they're doing on a daily basis. And we need to look at them and say, is this the kind of life that I want to live? Because we all have to... We all have to we have to answer this question, and it's we all have to imitate somebody. We have to imitate something. If, if you didn't imitate anybody, you wouldn't even know how to be a human. You'd be like looking around at like cats and imitating cats, and you don't want to imitate your cat because your cats don't care about you, okay? It's like you do not want to imitate your cat. But the writer of the book of Hebrews gives us a great example of what imitating your leaders looks like. So uh, if you will open your Bible up to Hebrews 13, we're going to start there. And we're going to start in verse 7. As we read this, I want you to think about who you are going to imitate. I want you to think about the people in your life, your leaders who speak to you, the word of God, and figure out who you should imitate before you leave here today. And it says in verse 7, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. There's something real specific here, and I've, I've kind of I've said it twice, but I want to say it again. It says, Remember your leaders who spoke to you the word of God. Okay, I I want to be specific here because especially in high school as teenagers, you have more leaders than you probably have friends, okay? And you probably don't like that, okay? Like, you're like, everybody can tell me what to do. Everyone has the authority to tell me what to do and I have to listen to everybody, right? That's that's how I felt in, in high school and I know you probably feel the same way. But the Bible is very specific. You should respect all authority, but you need to imitate the leaders who spoke to you the word of God. Okay, so this is specific. I'm not talking about your teachers. I'm not talking about your coaches, your band directors, your drama directors, your swim coaches. Am I missing anything? Swim co- anything else? Okay, I just I just want to also want to get everybody in on this. Okay, you. I'm not talking about these people. Yes, respect those people that God has put over you. But when it comes to imitating, I want you to specifically imitate. I want you. God wants you. Has called you to imitate those who speak to you the Word of God. And the question is why. Well, here's why. Okay, I had a football coach in, in high, high school and middle school. I did not like this guy, okay? But, but he was, somehow he was my coach all the time, like from middle school all the way until like my junior year in high school. And he would say this one thing. He would say, do as I say, not as I do, okay? I'm like, like even as a teenager, like I was not all that smart as a teenager. I really wasn't. And I still thought that was the dumbest thing I ever heard. I was like, I was like, so you want me to do what you tell me to do, but not do what you do because you know that you are a terrible person and you want me to, you want me to do what you say? And I'm like, how am I going to follow that? What kind of leader is that that, has to, that that acts differently than what he wants you to act? It's like, that's not the kind of guy I want to follow. But when it comes to your leaders who speak to you the word of God, you can, be, you can rest assured in this, that the things that I say to you are the things that I'm going to do. Because why? Because I am accountable to these commands of God just like you are. 
So when I, when I tell you something, when, the, when your leaders who speak to you the word of God, whether it's Pastor Rod, whether it's your life group leader or your group leader, or whether it's any of the pastors here at the church, you can follow us and imitate us because we're held to the same accountability that you are. My coach, not so much. Okay, He could tell me, you need to go, you need to go run a mile. And uh, I tell you, I used to run the mile. I ran the best mile in the world. And uh, you know, in reality, he never ran the mile in his life. But he's holding me accountable to something that he's never had to do. But as pastors, as those who speak to you the word of God, we're not asking you to do that. We're simply asking you to follow and obey the same commands that we are called to do. And we all have a place to obey what God commands us to do. The great thing for for you is God gives you leaders to help lead you in that and help give you an example to follow. So imitate that. All right. And that brings us to teaching point number one. And I want you to write this down. Imitate your leaders. It literally says it in the scripture. Like I, I didn't, I was not even so intelligent to come up with something, something unique. But it just says, imitate your leaders. But I'm going to show you how to do that. Uh, verse seven gives us three ways that we know how to imitate. And number one is this: remember. Okay, you cannot imitate anything that you do not remember. Okay, uh, I like basketball. Basketball's fun. Okay, uh, I'm not much of a basketball player, but. During March, I become an outstanding basketball player. Okay, I, I do. I don't know. Like all year long, I can't shoot a three to save my life. March comes around, I'm draining threes from all over the court. And you know why? Because I watch a lot of March Madness. That's it. That is the only reason. Because I watch like 30 games, and I sit there, and I watch these great athletes like shooting threes, and I just watch them. And I watch, and I said, he did that. Okay, like his pinky was a little bit in from his, his ring finger, and he kind of faded back. And then I just I watch it over and over. And I, I see like hundreds of threes being shot. And so when I get on the court... I just remember, I think back and I said, okay, how did he do that? Because that's exactly how I want to do it. And so I remembered what I saw so then I could imitate it. The same way goes with your leaders. If you don't remember them or remember what they've done, remember how they live, you're not going to be able to imitate them. So one is remember. Two is to consider. And this is a big one. Okay, you consider a lot. You're going to have to consider a lot at this age in your life. Because there are going to be things, there are messages that you get every day of your life that you have to consider. And you have to make a choice. Am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? You see your friends and how they act and you consider their actions. And uh, if your friend gets detention, is that, is that still a thing? Do you still get detention? Like ISS, suspended, okay, all those things. Okay, you, your friend gets suspended and you've seen what, what they did. And you have to consider was that a smart move? Was that not a smart move? And you have to make your choice in accordance with what you had just considered. In the same way, once you remember your leaders, you need to consider the way that they live their life. And you need to say, is it worth it? You have to say, did they live a life that I want to live? And if the answer is yes, you have considered it. And you need to understand when you consider something that it is, is what you think about, it's what you want to do, it's what drives you in the decisions that you make. And the third is this, imitate. Once you have thought about it and remembered them, once you've considered it, then you can imitate them. Because I promise you, you're not going to imitate anything that you do not first remember and consider. And third of all, you do not want to imitate something that you don't consider, okay? Like, you do not want to just look at somebody and say, you know what? I don't know what it took to get there. I don't know, I don't know what they did to have to get to that point, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not even going to think about who it was or why they did it. That puts you in a bad place. But the Word of God is great because it gives us good examples and it gives us ways to do it. So in order to imitate well, you need to remember and consider. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul, he says this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 
See, I love this because Paul is a leader who speaks the word of God. And he knew, he, he knows the concept that Hebrews is talking about. He said, listen, I am supposed to follow these commands. I'm supposed to be the leader because I speak to you the word of God. And so since I know what I'm called to do as pastors and your leaders who speak to you the word of God know what to do, they know that they have to live in a way where if you act just like them, you're going to be in the will of God. If you act just like they, if you do the things that they do, you're going to be in the right place with God. You're going to be obedient to God. You're going to be following the commands of God. So Paul said it. He just said blatantly, listen, just imitate me. If you don't know how to do any of these things I'm telling you, just watch what I do and do it. And I'm sure that is, Pastor Rod gives you a great example of that. So I'm, here, here it is right here. If you have a problem understanding what is the will of God, what am I supposed to do? Just look at Pastor Rod. Okay, I know, I know. Just look at him, all right? And do what he does. All right, do the things that he does or look at your pastors, look at your leaders who speak to you the word of God and imitate them. Because when you do that, as Paul says, when you imitate us, you're going to follow Christ well because we are just trying to imitate Christ, okay? And when you imitate your leaders, you can do what the next verse tells you to do. Do you like that transition? Right into verse 17, all right? It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Verse 17, that's the hard part. Okay, verse 17 is the hard part, but I'm going to make it real easy and even fun for you to do it, okay? Because here's the problem. You're going to have a hard time obeying and submitting. That's the first part of that scripture. You're going to have a hard time obeying and submitting to your leaders if you don't look up to them and try to imitate them first. That makes sense? So if you want to obey and submit like the God commands you to do, you're going to have to want to imitate somebody. You're going, to, you're going to respect someone a lot more if you want to be like them. Okay, that's this word that we use called respect. Okay, and I want to give you, I'll give you a good example. I have a buddy named Brandon. Uh, he works here at the church, and he has a son named Dash. I just gave Dash a high five just earlier. He's the greatest kid ever, like this tall. All right, and Dash and Brandon and I and his family went to the park last weekend, and we were, we were, we were playing lots of sports games, soccer, frisbee. He'd throw a football, and he'd be like, I don't know play the baseball now and then he'd throw it like once or twice okay let's play frisbee now and so and i was like okay i will play frisbee with you and and, uh, i said let's do this he's like no i want to play with my dad and i'm like what you mean you want to play with your dad you invited me to come to the park okay uh but he just wanted to play with his dad he looked he dressed just like his dad his hair is just like his dad everything that he was doing was just like his dad and i'm like wow what a great example of how we're supposed to respect the people who are over us he respected him so much he wanted to be just like him and so in the same way, if we're going to respect our leaders, we're going to imitate our leaders, we, want, we have to be like them. We have to imitate them. Because when you do that, you're going to look at their life and you're going to imitate them. And you're going to be obedient to them because you respect them. Same works with your parents. Okay? You, need, you have to respect your parents before you're going to want to obey and submit to them. Am I right? <clears throat> but here it is. I'm going to give you five things that verse 17 tells you to consider when it comes to respecting your leaders. And the first is this, obey and submit to your leaders. Man, and listen, I know how hard this is, okay? Because I was a high school, I was, I was in high school. I gave my life to Christ when I was 15, and I was not, I was not the best, like, follower at 15 years old. 16, even 17, 18. I'm still struggling with it now at 25, okay? But when I was in high school, I wanted to make sure that you were worthy of being my leader before I submitted to you. And that was, that gave me my faults at times. Because my coaches, I would argue with my coaches like they were nobody's business, okay? And sometimes it led to good things. Most of the time it led to me running a mile, okay? So there were consequences to not obeying and submitting to your leaders. But 
the good thing about the way that I lived at that point, the one good thing, was that when I found somebody that I wanted to follow, that I believed uh, obeyed what they said, who did what they said they would do, I would follow that person anywhere. And I would do what they told me to do because I respected them. I respected what they stood for and I respected who they were. And so I followed those people. So I encourage you, don't disrespect anybody, but find the person that you want to imitate and follow them well. Those who speak to you the word of God. I'm going, to read, I'm going to repeat that all sermon long so you know. I'm talking about those who speak to you the word of God. Number two, your leaders are keeping watch over your souls. This, if you just, if you just listen to number two, number one is going to be real easy for you. Okay, if, if you understand that your leaders are keeping watch over your souls, you will obey and submit to them a lot easier. Because here's the reality. Sometimes you make decisions in your week that you're probably not even thinking two seconds about. Okay, you're like, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do in the moment. But know that your leaders are keeping watch over your souls. Okay, so like, uh, I'm going to get to a great funny example in a minute. But I just want you to know that, that as leaders, we are looking at your decisions, not just for what they are now, but what they're going to be in 10 years. And so we're looking at you, we're looking at you from afar in your life. And, and when you make a decision that you're thinking in that moment, hey, I want to do this, so let's do this. You know, your leaders are looking back like saying, okay, that decision is going to lead to this, and it's going to lead to this, and it's going to lead to this. And it, you are not going to have a home by the time you're 24 years old, okay? So like we look at that, okay? You think it might just be, you know, going out on Friday night. But to us, it's like, man, this could end very, very badly. And so we're keeping watch over your souls. And, and not just for here, but for eternity. Because... Ideally, here's what we want. This is what, this is what your leaders want who speak to you the word of God. We want you to be in eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's our goal. We want you to be there. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure you get there. And we're going to try to keep you from doing anything that could keep you from getting there. And so just remember that uh, when you're trying to obey and submit to us, just know we're trying to get you with eternity with Jesus Christ, which I think is the greatest reward you could get. Three, your leaders will have to give an account to God for the way that they lead you. That's a big deal. All right? That's a big deal. Because the way that we lead you, we're going to have to stand before a holy God and we're going to have to take, give it an account. They're going to be like, Hayden, why did you lead True North like that, that when you're in there? I'm like, mm, yeah, well, that's a good question, God. You know, you know everything. <laughs> so you tell me. Okay, like, that's, that's not how it's going to go. Okay, I'll be slapped from the throne of God. Okay, and we don't, we don't want that. All right. But at the same time, we are going to lead you in a way that we can, when we go to God, he's going to be pleased. And so you can rest assured that we're not just going to lead you to some rant. We're not leading you to the wilderness, Old Testament reference, okay? We're not going to lead you there, all right? That's not our goal. That's not our aim. Because we want to put you in a place where not only you are going to be in eternity with God, but God is going to be pleased with us because of where we have led you. So you can rest assured, obey and submit to your leaders because they're here to please God. And if you want to please God, you're going to follow them. You're going to imitate your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Four. Let your leaders lead you with joy instead of leading you with grief. If you just want to write a little thing, let your leaders lead you with joy. That's what, that's what verse 17 talks about. It's like, let them lead you with joy. Uh, this is one of the things that Pastor Mike was talking about when, we were, when Kayla and I were getting introduced. They said, listen, you need to let Pastor Hayden lead you with joy. Okay, because that's, that's important. Nobody wants a, a leader who's leading you in sorrow and grief. Have you, you had one of those guys? Have you ever had somebody like that in your life? Like you had a coach or a teacher. Every time you walked in, they were like Eeyore off Winnie the Pooh. It's like, hey man, you know, I think we need to go out and we need to, uh, we need to practice real hard because we've got a game tomorrow. And I don't think we're going to win. But you still need to practice for five hours today. 
It's like nobody wants to follow that kind of person, right? And, and sometimes it's the leader's fault, but sometimes it's the fault of those who are following their leader. And so I want to encourage you, allow your leaders to lead you with joy. Do things in your life that make your leaders think, you know what? I am happy to be leading you right now. I'm doing things, that you're doing things in your life that make it joyful for us to lead you. Whether that's the things that you do, the things you say, the things that you, that you stand for. Let those be things that give your leaders joy so that when they lead you, they can say, you know what? I'm that person's leader. Like, don't you want that? You want somebody to look at you and say, you know what? That person is following me. That's a great imitator. That's the kind of person you want to be. And five is this. There is an advantage for you when you obey and submit to your leaders. I love this. Uh, I didn't want to submit all the way up until, you know, I don't know, yesterday <laughs> when I was writing the sermon. I was like, I need to submit. Okay. Um, <laughs> number five is like, is amazing to me. And I'm going to explain it to you. Hopefully it'll be amazing to you. I'm going to repeat it. There is an advantage for you when you obey and submit to your leaders. My favorite thing about this is I work. I have, I have super, a supervisor, Pastor Pete. Does anybody know Pastor Pete in here? Yeah, Pastor. Yeah, he is the man, isn't he? He's like the dude, okay? Like, you first meet him and you're like, eh, but then you get to know him. You're like, you are so cool, okay? Like, and he's in Israel right now, being cool in Israel. And it's so cool, okay? And then uh, Pastor Mike is also, is also my leader who's, who's above me. And there's, there's a couple other guys too, but, but these, these are the two guys. And, you know, as, as a man, I'm like, I, I'm my own man. I'm my own leader. I don't need nobody, right? That's what you think. I mean, that's what everyone thinks. But when I find capable men who, who are over me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to submit to that guy because there is an advantage for me to submit under those people. Because here's the deal. If I make a stupid mistake all on my own, guess what? I'm all on my own, okay? Like, I'm like, nobody can protect me. I might end up in jail across the border. Okay, like, I'm, I don't know. You know, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. But I know that when I'm here, Pastor Mike and Pastor Pete are going to keep me out of trouble. Okay, I can do something wonky, and they're going to be like, Hayden, don't do that. Come over here. And I'm like, yes, you are so right. Okay, like, and that's, that's the advantage. That's a huge advantage for you to know that when you have leaders that you respect and who can be over, you can be like, you know what? They're not going to let me do anything stupid. Or if I do, they're going to get me out of it real quick. So know that, that, that there is an advantage for you to submit and obey your leaders. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you, when, when you do submit to your leaders and you do get yourself in a bad situation, they're going to want to come get you. I'm not going to say the same for people who don't want to obey their leaders. Okay, like The last thing I want to do when somebody's not obeying me is say, yeah, I'm, let me come get you Okay, at 3 o'clock in the morning. No, I'm going to be like, you put yourself there. Okay, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't do that. We have grace. Grace abounds. Okay, all right. But I'll share you a story. I'm going to share you a story that's kind of funny. Don't make fun of me. Okay. But it's a, it's a funny story that kind of ties all this together. Okay. Um, I know I, I wasn't always an H&M model. Okay. Like I'm, I wasn't all, I didn't always look like this. Okay. There was a time when I wore boots and I'm not talking about like trendy lace up boots. Okay. I'm talking about like Justin boots. Yeah, I don't know what that is. That's a, that's a Texas thing. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like cowboy boots, you know, like the thing they go up to like here. Okay. Like, and Wranglers, you know what Wranglers are. Y'all know George Strait even here, right? Yeah. George Strait. I'm talking about button up pearl snap shirt, buckle the size of my head, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, my, my leather belt had my initials in it. You know, it's like I wore a big old 10 gallon hat. You know, I looked like John Wayne. Y'all know John Wayne here, right? Yeah, yeah, y'all know John Wayne. Yeah, because he's from here. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get there later. Okay, all right. All right, we'll get there. All right, anyway, I look like that. That was me. Can you, can you, can you believe that? All right, look, I have changed, all right? The Lord has been good, okay? All right, but when I was a kid, that's what I dressed like. And you know why? It wasn't just because I wanted to look cool. I grew up on a farm, okay? Believe that, all right? Look, I 
used to do things with animals, like thousands of them, animals everywhere. I had to like, I had to help animals give birth. I had to like, you know, I had to like feed and water them. I had to go get them, you know, and like give them shots and all these things with animals, you know, all this farm life that you think, oh, that would be so fun. I'm like, no, it smells bad and it looks bad. Okay. All right. But we herded goats. I was a goat herder. Okay, I know. Impressive, right? And <laughs> we had hundreds of goats. And there are two goats that I remember very specifically. Okay, one I loved. One I absolutely hated. Okay. The, the goat that I hated, hear me out here, his name was Bad Bad Leroy Brown. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. His name aptly described his personality. He was bad, he was bad, and he had a redneck nickname like Leroy Brown. Okay. <laughs> and, and the goat that I loved, her name was Maria. Okay. Like Maria was my girl. Okay. Like <laughs> I loved that goat. I would do anything for that goat. That goat was my goat. She was my friend. Okay. So like every day, I'd look at Leroy and I'd be like, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. I ain't going to mess with you. Maria, I'm like, come here, girl. Like, come here. Like, come here. You know, who does that to goats? Me. Okay. All right, but I had a responsibility for these goats as a, as a little boy goat herder, shepherd. Okay. Like, I had a responsibility and my responsibility was to care for them. So I had to watch them. Okay. And I had to watch even the one I didn't like. I had to watch him, make sure he didn't do anything stupid, which was all the time. And I had to watch Maria and Maria made my job a joy all the time. Like she was like, I, like she was like a dog. Like I, I'd, I'd walk out there with my food and she'd be like wiggling her tail. Like <laughs> she didn't even have a tail. Okay. But she was so happy to see me and it made my job so fun. And here's the other thing. I also had to give an account for them. Okay. Like, I don't know if you know anything about shepherding, but I do. So come talk to me. Okay. I have to give an account for them. So when they got out, which goats are like the only animal that can get out of anything. Okay. Each goat has to, their name is Houdini, okay? So it's like Maria Houdini, Bad Bad Leroy Brown Houdini, okay? They, they all get out, okay? And you cannot keep them in their pen. So when they got out and they went to the neighbors and ate their rose bushes and ate their plants, guess who had to go give an account? Me. And most of the time, it was not good, okay? They'd be like, why is your goat... I'm like, well, it wasn't Maria's fault. It was Leroy, okay? But I had to give an account for all of them goats. And so, like, the ones who listened and the ones who were obeyed and ones who were made my job a joy, it was so easy to, even when they messed up, for me to go and say, hey, come back to the pen. We'll get you in a safe place. And but, but for the ones who made my job a pain in the butt, I'm like, you do this to me all the time, dude. Like, just get back over here and don't do it again, okay? Like, there's a difference when a leader gets to lead you with joy opposed to leading you with grief. And I'm going to tell you this, there were advantages for my goats when they let me lead them with joy. Because I'm going to tell you what, guess who got the first snack? Maria, okay? Like, guess who was budding me with his horns because I wouldn't give him a snack? Leroy, I'm like, you get back, all right? If I have one left at the end, I will throw it away before I give it to you, okay? Like, that's what I would think. Like, that was me, okay? But, there's a, but my point I want to give you is, like, is a question, like, why should you let people lead you with joy? Because there are advantages for you, okay? Being a leader is hard. Okay? Being a leader is difficult. But there is a joy that we get when you allow us to lead you with joy instead of leading you with grief. So here, here's the bottom line tonight. Don't be bad, bad Leroy Brown. Be a Maria. If you want something to imitate, imitate Maria. She's a good woman, okay? <laughs> she was a goat, Hayden. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. And, and here's the deal. When you, when you do let people lead you with joy and you do submit and are obedient to your leadership, there are things that are going to work out well for you. And here's a little list. You will receive better leadership. Write that down. You're going to receive better leadership. So like what I'm telling you is, is if, if you're a pain to your leaders, there's going to be things that are making them, they're going to have a hard time doing some certain things. They're going to do it because they're called to do it. We're called to lead the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. So like depending on where you are, there's more ugly, but <laughs> anyway, <we're, laughs> 
but we are called to lead them. But how much better and easier is it for your leaders to lead you when they enjoy leading you? They're going to go out of their way all the time to make sure that you're being lead well, led well. Two is this. You will get your leader's best effort every day. And there were some days I didn't want to feed bad, bad Leroy Brown. There were some days I didn't want to feed him as much. He could be starving, and I'd be like, you just stay there another couple days, all right? And I may give you some oats, okay? All right. But Maria, like every day, I was like, hey, you got enough food, girl? Like, let me get you some more, okay? Like, I just wanted to go out of my way to give them the best effort that I could give them. And the same way works for you, all right? When, when you make your pastors or your leaders who speak to you, the word of God, a joy, they want to give you the best of what they have because they see the potential in you. They see, they see the amount that you want to obey God, and they respect that. And three, you will become, you will be honoring Christ. Like if none of these are good reasons for you, honoring Christ when you submit is like one of the biggest blessings that you're going to have in your life to know that when I submit to my leaders, I'm obeying Christ. Like, come on, that that to me is like a winner every day. And this, I want you to know this, leaders have a lot of experience, okay? This church specifically, I am not going to speak for all the other churches, but this church specifically is not going to let anyone lead you who is not aptly qualified to lead you. Okay, believe that, okay? I interviewed here for five days, okay? Like, like I, like, I felt like I was fasting. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, like, they had me in a meeting for, like, eight hours. Like, tell me why we should let you lead our people. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, like, and I had to like, sit there for hours. And, and so, so I'm telling you this, they go through a huge process to be leading you here, okay? They don't just let any, any random person up here. I'm just, have the grace of God that allows them to let me up here to talk to you. But they have a lot of experiences, and they will be able to lead you well. And I'll give you a quote. It said, it's good to learn from experience, okay? It's good to learn from experience, but it is better to learn from the experiences of others. It's one of my favorite quotes in the world because it's good to learn from experiences. When you do something, you need to learn from it, but it's better to not do it, watch other people do it, and say, you know what, I don't want to do that, okay? Like, I watched my brother wreck his bicycle one time because he jumped, he, he tried to do uh, jump off this ramp that he built, and I just watched him, and it ended badly for him. He hurt his leg, and so I'm thinking... You know what? I'm not going to learn from my own experience. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to see you did that. You got hurt, so I'm not going to do it. See, I learned from his experience, and it, and it made me a better person for it. And so your leaders have many experiences that they want you to learn from. So you don't have to get them to them yourself. So point number two is this. teaching. The teaching point is this. See the value of submission. Jesus submitted to God. Did you know that? Like, if you need a reason to submit, know that Jesus, the Son of God, submitted to his Father. And he did it in Matthew 26, 36 through 42. I'll read it to you. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane to pray. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, and not as I will, but as you will. In verse 42, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father... If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus twice asked God to let this suffering pass from him. This suffering as in the crucifixion, right? His death. Okay, twice he said, God, if it be your will, let this pass from me. But, but no matter what, no matter how I feel, your will be done. See, Jesus knew God's will was immeasurably better than what Jesus had to suffer in that moment. Immeasurably better. So I'm going to tell you this. The submission that God calls you to, to obey your leaders, is, is immeasurably better than anything you're going to get to do outside of obedience to your leaders. I know it may sound cool now and it may sound fun now, but I'm telling you, when you stand before God, it is going to be immeasurably better for you to listen to your leaders, to imitate your leaders today 
than when you get to heaven and God says, you know what, why didn't you do that? Because, listen, it's going to be better today and it's going to be better tomorrow and it'll be better for eternity when you submit and obey your leaders. You are called to trust your leaders to make good choices for you and you are called to submit to them. That means you also have a huge responsibility. This, this, is, this is all on you now. I'm going to give you something that you need, to, you need to hear out here. You have a huge responsibility. Your leaders have a huge responsibility to make sure we're preaching to you the word of God, make sure we're teaching you to obey all that God has commanded us. Okay, but you have a responsibility as someone who is under leadership. And here it is in verses 18 and 19. It says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may restore to you soon. Number one, it says pray for your leaders. Because you have a responsibility to pray for your leaders. And I know that everyone's like, yeah, prayer, prayer, prayer. I'm telling you guys, I've been in some pretty crazy places in my life. And like, literally the only thing that saved me in a moment was prayer. One time I was so poor. <laughs> I was so poor, okay? Like, I was so poor. All right, anyway, <laughs> I, I am, I'm recounting. I'm remembering my life. Okay, anyway, back. Okay, I was so broke that I moved to Arkansas. <laughs> Why did I move to Arkansas? Because I was broke. Okay, no. All right, I moved to Arkansas, and I had a tank of gas and what was in my car. That was it. No money. And uh, I went to a ministry school, and I just prayed, God, hey, God, put me where you want me. I'll do whatever. And I literally went up there, no money. And I had a bill that was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, God, I'm not going to be able to pay for this. I put, God, help me. Like, I'm obedient to you. I'm doing what you told me. To. I drove up here to Arkansas in the middle of the woods. And I, I, you told me that you would take care of me. So, Father, take care of me. And I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. And I literally went to my mailbox, opened it up, and there was an unmarked envelope with a hundred bucks in there. And I said, God, you are so good. Okay, like all the time. But this happened because I was a praying man. I prayed not just for what I wanted and what I needed, but I prayed for God's will in my life. And you will rest assured when you are doing God's will and praying for God's will, God is going to care for your needs. In the same way, God calls you to pray for your leaders. Pray for those who are leading you. Like, goodness, I'll give you an example in a minute, but you need to pray for those who are leading you. Your leaders, this is number two, your leaders have God's best interest for you in mind. Here's a great thing, different from your coaches, different from your teachers, okay? Your teachers have the best they may say, you know what, I want you to go to the best college. I want you to have the best test grades. Well, yeah, they do. They're your teacher. They want you to have the best test grades. It reflects great on them, okay? But I'm not saying all your teachers are selfish, okay? But what I am saying is this. Your leaders who speak to you the word of God, they're not trying to speak to you the word of God because it's the trendy thing to do. They're doing it because they know eternally it has the best interest for you. They're not telling you to do things because it makes them feel good. They're having to do things that the Bible tells them to do that they don't even want to do. Okay, because being a man and being a woman in this world is hard to do in a godly way. But they have God's best interest for you, so they want you to live a life that is pleasing to God. So know that when they are leading you, that they have God's best interest for you. And three is this, leading is hard, so pray for them even more. Okay, I, I gave this example last night. When you were in bed praying, you probably skipped your past three or four days nights praying because you were tired or you were watching Netflix. That's still a thing, Netflix. We don't watch anything. I watch uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so instead of doing that, maybe pray a little bit, okay? And when you're praying for your leaders and you like, you know, I haven't prayed for three days. I'm going to pray tonight. And you pray for your leaders and you're like, you know what? I did a good job. Then remember, your leader's job is hard, so pray for them more, okay? So don't just stop after you think you've prayed for them. Keep praying for them. There's a scripture I'm going to read to you that gives you a great example of how we ought to pray for our leaders. But I want to give you an example. Why pray for your leaders? Okay, the same reason. If you walk out that door tonight, today, this morning, yep, that's right, this morning, and you have a heart attack, 
and you've collapsed on the ground and you realize that in two hours you're about to have an emergency open heart surgery of a doc with a doctor you've never met, which most of the time is the true. You don't ever know your doctors. Uh, but in reality, you're going to pray for that doctor. You're going to do everything you can to make sure that doctor doesn't mess you up and doesn't kill you. Right. And so because they have your life in their hands, so you're going to pray for them. But what is different? What is any different about your leaders who speak to you the word of God? They have your eternity in their hands with the word of God, right? And they're telling you the truths of God. And you better hope they're right because they're trying to lead you to eternal life. So if what they're telling you is wrong, where are you going? Don't answer that. Just think about it. So know that you need to pray for your leaders because they hold your future in their hands. And you need to make sure that they are going to lead you in a way that leads you to eternal life and not any other place. So pray for them because it's just as urgent as if you collapsed outside and went to the hospital and you're about to die. It's the same urgency. So pray for them that they lead you well. So that is point number three. It's commit to praying daily for your leaders. Pray for them. Pray for me. Like the, the most comforting thing I get is every day I get text messages and say, you know what? You're being prayed for before you got up to preach. I'm like, that's what I need. I'm from Texas. I'm from a town of 500 people. I'm not that smart. Okay. Like I need people to pray for me because when I get up there, I need to make sure that I'm leading people toward eternity. And here's, and here's why we need to pray. Colossians 4, 2 through 4 says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is also how I ought to speak. So we pray for our leaders because they have the responsibility to to declare the mysteries of Christ in a clear way. What I love about this church is that you could be you could have a a really good friend who's a non-Christian and you can bring them here. And guess what? They're going to have the mystery of Christ declared to them clearly. And you need to pray for your leaders and be thankful that you have a church who believes in the gospel and the mystery of Christ and declares it very clearly. But you need to also pray for them that they continue to do that. That is our job is to give you the gospel that Jesus died for you. He rose three days later eternally at the right hand of the father. And he did it because you were a sinner and you couldn't make it to heaven on your own. And so he came down and did it for you. He lived the life that you were supposed to live. So that now you can have eternity with him if you follow him and are obedient to him. See, that's the gospel. That's the mystery of Christ that you have clearly proclaimed to you at this church. So pray for your leaders so that we can do that more. So we can do that well. So when you have friends and or you yourself need to hear that, you know you can come to a place where you can hear that clearly. Colossians 1.10 also commands us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. That's what he, God has called us to do, to walk in a manner worthy of God, fully pleasing to him. And Hebrews 13 gives us three ways we can do that. I already said them, and I'm going to repeat them, so you don't have to go all the way back through your notes. Hayden's a nice pastor, and you can just go to the end and read the three points that took me 40 minutes to tell you. <laughs> and this one is this, imitate your leaders. Imitate your leaders. If you want to live a life that is fully pleasing to God, you will imitate your leaders. Number two is this. Know the value of submitting to your leaders. It is infinitely more valuable to submit to your leaders than anything else that you're going to be able to do in this world. Because you're not going to be able to be the man, the woman that God has called you to be unless you first submit yourself to your leaders. And they're going to put you in a place where God can use you well. And finally, is this pray for your leaders. If you're putting yourself under somebody, 
you want to make sure that they are at all times doing the best that they can. And if God says, hey, when you pray to me, I, I hear you and I listen to you. Well, if I know that, that the creator of the universe hears me when I pray and, I'm, and I have people over me, I'm going to pray to God to lead my leaders well so that they can lead me well so that I can be obedient to God. And that's the message that Hebrews 13 gives us. Just pray with me.